welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as our listeners would be edified. For more information about us, we ask that you please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. And there you can find out a lot more information about us. We have a statement of faith. We have a prayer request page. And so if you have a prayer request, you can contact us through our webpage there, and we'd be happy to post that for you. If you are a prayer warrior, and I almost hesitate to say that anymore. I discovered uh, the other day a Facebook page. The title was Prayer Warrior. And uh, I just wanted to throw up when I saw all the people asking uh, for prayers to to have Lamborghinis and piles of gold. And, you know, that's very materialistic. But if you are really, truly a prayer warrior and you want to help others uh, put their name before the throne of God, please go to that uh, web page there. And and click on the link, a prayer request, and there there is a handful of people who have truly asked for help in prayers. We always need to be praying for the persecuted church around the world, and even for those who are seeking out the truth of Christ. Uh, we're having troubles with our Facebook page for some reason, but we you know, we have quite a few followers on on Facebook. And we do on other um, social media apps. We have a handful here and there, including uh, podcasting apps. More and more people are just constantly checking us out, and we we think it's a real blessing. And so uh, most of those folks are outside of the United States, which tells me something. There's also so many other things on the webpage that you could listen to past podcasts. And I know uh, when we find new people, they seem to do that. They start downloading and listening to the years that we have up, up and running. So uh, if you like this podcast, please tell others about us. That's how we really uh, spread the word. Uh, God has really blessed us as well. And so today... It's kind of backed by popular demand. We actually received quite a few uh, emails and other comments that they really liked uh, the Bible term podcast. And so uh, you just never know. Uh, that really amazed me. Uh, I was really blessed and somewhat surprised, to be honest, that that did so well with so many positive comments. And so... Uh, you just never know where the Holy Spirit is going to penetrate people's hearts and what's going to work. You know, I I know years and years as a pulpit minister, I always had somebody always mumble about, well, that was a horrible, horrible sermon. And then five minutes later, two people come up and say, man, I really needed to hear that. So you just honestly, you just never know what's going to happen. And so we... We're just going to take some uh, basic Bible terms. Uh, hopefully we don't repeat them from the last. I uh, actually, be honest, I lost my uh, email that the young man has sent me from Germany. So anyway, uh, we're going to start with this, the Alpha and the Omega. And if you have a Bible, uh, I'd encourage you to, to check me. Uh, I will not be offended at all. 
And I'm going to refer to lots of Bible verses. We probably will read some along the way. So please do that. The Bibles are uh, pretty easy to get in the United States, especially if you have access to the Internet. You can download them for free. You can listen to them for free in so many versions and languages. And, and so I, I just really encourage you to do that. So the first one is the Alpha Omega. What does this mean? Well, you can find this terminology in Revelation chapter 1, verses 8 and 11, and in chapter 21, verse 6, and chapter 22, verse 13. It, it just, the Alpha and the Omega, uh, again, is a Greek terminology. It is spoken four times uh, by Jesus to the Apostle John. And those verses that I just uh, read off to you here, uh, there's this is just simply means I am the beginning and the ending, you know. And so that's the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And so it says here in Revelation 1, uh, 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So we really kind of get the definition uh, right off uh, the lips of, of Jesus himself. Um, I know there's some slight variation with uh, verse 11 and verse 8. Uh, he just simply, uh, Jesus says he's the first and the last. So again, that just basically means the same thing. So there's lots of meanings with this as well. Uh, in Revelation, again, chapter 1, verse 8 and 11. And these first two, uh, 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 excuse me, verses, boy, uh, it's going to be along with the declaration that Jesus is almighty. He is the almighty one. That Jesus shows that he is divine. He's the member of the Godhead. And so uh, that's basic what that term means the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end so he's in control of everything in between i hope that would help okay so we're going to go on to our next one okay the next one is um, body of christ and i kind of selected these just because i've been asked these type of questions over the last 20 25 years of my ministry and they seem to be pretty common questions or what does that word mean or what does that phrase mean type thing? So that's why I've chosen this. And if you have some that you would like to have, uh, send us an email. I'd be happy to to do that. Actually, it makes the podcast a lot easier. It just helps me pick up what I need to do. So the body of Christ, that, that phrase, uh, and the short answer is it just means the church. Anybody who is a Christian, someone's been called by God, and see, you know, there's a lot of people in this, in the, in the, in the culture now, in Christian culture, uh, they kind of leave that out, you know, it's all about me, I'm the one that goes to God, I am the one, I, 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 and there is no I uh, in this at all, it's all about Christ, it always has been, and it always will be, but again, this idea of body of Christ just simply means the church, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. Uh, even though we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Likewise, we being 
Many are one body in Christ, and each one in the members of one another. So, in, in other words, we all have different functions in the church. Some of us are to be out teaching, preaching, uh, helping the sick, uh, giving our resources, time, our money, uh, whatever we have is considered a resource to help further the gospel. And so uh, there's a lots of things that go on in a local congregation that needs to be helped and taken care of by its members. This idea, well, we pay the preacher, that's his job, he'll take care of it all. And so it might try to give you a clean conscience, but at the end of the day, we all have a role in Christ's church, in his body. And so, again, Jesus there in his ministry, he would proclaim that he was going to build his church. And you can find that in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And he's, you know, talking about a construction of people to worship it. You know, uh, thanks to Webster's uh, dictionary and others, churches always kind of defined as a body of, of uh, building, excuse me, not a body, uh, a building. And we just kind of have that going on in, in our culture. And so really the church is the, uh, the saved body members of Christ who have been cleansed by the blood uh, they've accepted the gospel message, they've been baptized, and they have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's who's in the body of Christ. Those are the true believers. Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 23, For a husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. That's Ephesians 5, 23. And so this idea of the the body of Christ is being organized and created by man. It is just not it. It is a spiritual uh, organism. It is a living, breathing thing. Uh, Jesus didn't die for brick and mortar. And so uh, you can read Galatians uh, 3.28. Uh, kind of gives us this idea that the church is spiritual and it transcends our race, uh, sex, the class that we're in, our age. And so we, as its members, which are part of God's kingdom, we're, we're scattered across the globe, but we are all in one body. And so that's the answer to that. Okay, so now let's listen to this here. Gentile. What is a Gentile? And so uh, the word Gentile, or in its plural form, uh, Gentiles, uh, is found approximately 131 times in the Bible. The book of Acts actually contains uh, the most, I believe, in, in the single book, around 30. And Romans follows that with 24, 25. And so it, it just simply means a nation or a people that are not Israelites, who are not Jewish. And so I would fall in that category as a Gentile. Wasn't born in Jewish faith, wasn't raised as a Jew, and so I would not be considered Jewish or Israelite. I would be a Gentile. And so the Bible actually 
uses several synonyms for Gentile. Many times, such as people are called strangers uh, in Exodus 12:49, Leviticus 19:33, and uh, following. They're uh, heathen. Uh, you can find that in uh, Leviticus chapter 25 and 26. And so this idea and the term nations uh, in Genesis 10, uh, Galatians 3, and the uncircumcised uh, are all found in both Testaments, and they just simply are referring to uh, Gentiles. just different ways of saying that. We have the same thing uh, in our world today, in our languages. And so uh, God considered the entire uh, nation, all 13 tribes, uh, as being chosen and being a holy people. You can see that in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and Psalm 135, Isaiah 41, verse 8. So all of those who are not Israelites are, are called strangers or heathen. In modern times, the word Gentile is is used to refer to anyone who's not Jewish instead of someone who's not an Israelite. And I think this is partly due to uh, the Jewish people losing their identity uh, when they went to Babylon in captivity in 605 B.C. Uh, Jews represented only three of the Israelites' 13 tribes. And so a lot of the other tribes, by this time, they've all been integrated. Uh, the Samaritans, you know, they, they, uh, when they've all been integrated in, in marriage and their children. And so the, the tribes in the northern tribes are, are gone. They have been, uh, they're just not there because they've been overran. They were, they were defeated in war. Now, I find it interesting that the Apostle Paul, he would center his preaching uh, the gospel message to Gentiles in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Uh, again, Romans, Galatians, 2 Timothy, especially the first chapter. In fact, 11 of his 14 books were written to the uh, people who were not Israelites. His close friend, Timothy, had a non-Israelite father in Luke who wrote, uh, one of the Gospels that traveled with him was a Gentile and was converted to Christianity. And so this is uh, kind of a quick answer to that. The Gentile simply, again, somebody who is not of the Jewish faith, not an Israelite. All right, so I want to change gears here just a little bit, uh, not giving a, a, dis a word and trying to give a definition, but something I think is kind of unique to Jesus and his lineage. And that would be the women uh, of his uh, genealogy, his lineage uh, through his uh, stepfather, Joseph. He, If you would read Matthew chapter 1, uh, it proves here that he is actually a descendant of King David, and he has a right to his throne. It also would list four women who offer uh, some fascinating glimpses into how God uh, chose to fulfill his, his lineage, his prophetic will, if you would say. Uh, Tamar, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, uh, was a Canaanite. She is a Gentile. As Judah uh, liked so, uh, so much and women... Uh, she presented to be uh, a, 
basically a prostitute to entice uh, Judah uh, to have sex with her. And in their relationship, it would produce twin boys. One which was uh, in Genesis 38. There, You can read all about it. Perhaps uh, he is uh, a descendant of Jesus. Uh, Rahab, and this would be found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, was a non-Israelite. Again, she's a prostitute uh, living in Jericho. But because she helps uh, Joshua, the spies that would be sent into uh, that, that city, she would help them uh, escape when the enemy has detected that they are there. And so they would go and destroy uh, this city in Joshua chapter 2. And she ultimately chooses to live with the Israelites. And you can find that in chapter 6. And she will marry a, a Jewish man named uh, Solomon. So you can see that also in Luke chapter 3, verses 32 and 33. And they will produce a child named Boaz. Now, Boaz, as I just said here, uh, he will marry a Moabite. And you can read this whole story about this woman. She has a book dedicated just to her. Her name is Ruth. And that would be in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. And they're going to produce a son. His name would be Obed. And that would be then the great-grandparents of King David. Bathsheba, uh, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 6, is not listed by name, but she is uh, referred to the one, uh, the wife of Uriah. She is, had been most incredible, most beautiful uh, Gentile uh, woman and married to Uriah, a Hittite. And, of course, anybody who studied the Bible at all will know that David ranged to have Uriah killed in a battle to cover up his uh, sexual affair with her. And you can read all about that in Second Samuel uh, chapter 1. David and Bathsheba ultimately produced several children, one which will become King Solomon. And that's all in Matthew's lineage. So there's... There's quite a few interesting things about women. I, I know so many people think or believe uh, that women were just something to be used, and that's not true. Uh, women, I know, weren't necessarily counted in senses and different things, um, but women were highly respected. And so uh, I really kind of... Cringe when I hate uh, hear this. So now Luke's lineage of Christ does not record any women. If you will go back and look at that, uh, in spite of this fact, it shows that the biolog biological lineage. I'll get it out through his mother Mary goes clear back to King David as well. So not only was Joseph uh, a descendant of King David, so was Mary, and so I, I find that very interesting. God, again, is not a respecter of persons. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. He uses anyone he wishes to fulfill uh, his will. He decides in his wisdom 
he uses some very unique, not Israelite women that are involved in, you know, prostitution. And they are actually in the lineage of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. You know, I know a lot of people don't like to read all those names. Uh, they find it boring or uh, just don't understand it. So they kind of skip past it, or, and it's not really talked about a lot. But I find that very interesting, how God would use this lineage, the promise of the Messiah, comes through David. And so uh, following David, his children, his grandchildren, and so on, all the way uh, to the birth of Jesus. And so, uh, and all those names, all those women, they, they were very predominant women to uh, obviously carry on the bloodline so the Messiah could come. And so, anyway, I hope that uh, kind of helps. I hope that gets you interested in studying uh, those terms and, and those people uh, that are listed in Matthew chapter 1. Okay, so the, the final uh, terminology we want to talk about here, basic terms, is the golden rule. Uh, we hear this used uh, a lot of times out of context, but I was in a conversation at work here some time ago, and they said, I like to live by the golden rule. Somebody said, what is that? So uh, here we go. The golden rule, and it is found in the Bible, the golden rule is found in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, a shorter version of this would be in Luke chapter 6. And is given toward the end of Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. The golden rule, this precept, is uh, really King James translation. Uh, Matthew 7, verse 12. Therefore, all things, whatever ye do, that men should do to you, do even so to them, for it is the law of the prophets. And then Luke 6, uh, 31 says, And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye to them also likewise. And I used to see why I don't like to, I can't pronounce that stuff. But that's kind of where the basics, all that comes from. In other words, treat uh, other people the way you want to be treated. I think that it's a good rule to live by. You know, this idea, kind of what comes around, goes around. And this, I understand we've all treated each other sometimes very poorly, uh, not right or fair, and people done that to us as well. We need to just try to figure out how to forgive those people uh, in the past, lead the past in the past, let's work on the future. We should be helping each other and encouraging each other uh, to live by this golden rule. Uh, that would be, I think, a basic thing that we could all uh, live by and its teachings. And so why follow the golden rule? We're going to wrap it up with this. We should live by this rule because it, ultimately it produces the greatest good for everyone, including ourselves. We should follow it because God has made it, I think, very clear how we are to treat others, we are to treat others the way he treats us. So, for example, here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, uh, one of the eight Beatitudes declares that God will be merciful to those who show mercy. 
what is known as the Lord's Prayer. I like to call it the Our Father. Um, Matthew chapter 6, starting verse 12 and following here, uh, the prayer asks our Heavenly Father to forgive us as we forgive others. So if we're not forgiving others, uh, we could be in danger of not receiving forgiveness ourselves. And somebody can say, well, he's got to crawl on his knees and beg for forgiveness uh, for me before he can have that. Well, that's not Christ-like at all. And you really don't know if that person really has just been crying to God, asking for forgiveness. And so, again, this idea, uh, the golden rule, do unto others. This is a principle that we really ought to promote in the church. We need to promote it in our workplace. And, you know, probably really has nothing to do with the golden rule, but I'm going to use this as an example. We have a a, a dog that we saved, uh, and so it was going to be put down as a puppy. And so we, we took it in, and this little dog is now 100 pounds, but, you know, I can go outdoors uh, just to check the mail or... or run the trash out, and that dog is just the happiest dog in the world that I came back and met her. Uh, or go home, come home from our, our work, and that dog is just so excited, jumping up and down and turning circles. What if we all greeted each other with that kind of excitement, especially in our own homes? Sadly, uh, as, as a preacher for many years, I saw families were constantly fighting and just really didn't get along. It was very obvious. You could feel the tension in the air. And then, of course, in the church buildings. Uh, I know one congregation in particular that just totally was always kind of out each other. And very rarely did they follow the golden rule when treating each other uh, inside the building and out. So we really honestly... None of us are perfect. We've all done and said dumb things. But we really need to change our focus. And that focus needs to be on Christ and how he has loved us and treated us. And we need to give that respect by to Christ by glorifying his name, by treating others the way we have been treated by our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I hope this is something that we maybe continue to do, uh, depending on the... Uh, the comments that we get and uh, emails and things. And so if you'd like to contact us, I'd encourage you to do that through our webpage. You can contact us through our social media accounts as well. There are links on our webpage to our social media account. Facebook uh, currently, I don't know, uh, they're just being Facebook. They're not being real friendly to us. So hopefully that will always be up. Uh, And so uh, right now they're playing games with Facebook. with us so anyway that's enough of that i i really appreciate your your we have several people who are emailing us constantly saying hey we're praying for you thank you Um, keep in mind that most of our listeners are not english first um they english would be their second or third language and so i don't use a lot of big terms and uh probably couldn't pronounce half of them anyway anymore I do know what they are. I do know what they mean. But it does not help anybody uh, if we do that. So uh, 
I know I've had a couple, I don't know that they were really negative. They were just kind of being criticizing, I guess. But, you know, my focus is to try to cover as many people around the world that tune into this each week, make an effort to do that. So there's no slang. And I get a lot of comments from people out of Asia who appreciate that fact that I don't use slang. They can follow me and understand me. And that's what it's about. So hang in there. Uh, God loves us all. And please pray for this ministry. Uh, continue uh, that we can continue to go. If you'd like to financially help us in sports, we do have a PayPal account. Information on our webpage as well. We don't talk about that uh, every week like other ministries do. And simply because we're just trusting that God will provide. And he always has. Again, I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.